You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. So good morning. Uh, last week we uh, started looking at uh, some uh, uh, some essays from Abraham Joshua Heschel on uh, on prayer. Um, uh, the collection is called uh, Man's Quest for God. I mentioned last week that all of Heschel's books, um, the titles seem to sort of bleed into each other, but they're very uh, when you when you pause to think about their meaning, they're 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 very unique, right? So uh, his philosophy of Judaism is uh, God in search of man. And his philosophy of prayer is man's quest for God. Um, you know, so it's uh, um, the, the idea of Judaism is that uh, um, it's, uh, it's, it's built as a response to the questions that God asks us, right? And, um, and the philosophy of prayer is um, these are the things that, uh, that, that we do in order to seek out God. Um, and his philosophy of religion is man is not alone. It, um, so it's a, a little bit more um, uh, universalist than that. Anyway, but uh, so this is God's uh, man's quest for God. And we looked at what, the first essay last week. I wanted to look at a piece of the second essay in, in the book today. Um, but I want to preface by, uh, by, by saying I, I think that the issue of this essay, and the thing I want us to think about, um, it, it, because what we're really doing is using Heschel as a springboard for for our own uh, uh, thoughts and conversations about uh, about prayer, what prayer means, what prayer uh, can be. Uh, the title uh, of the class, at least uh, as it's advertised, is, is "How to Pray." But I don't mean that like you know, when do I bow? I mean like you know, how how do you engage in um, in the um, in the act of in, in the uh, in the concept of prayer? How do you engage with the concept of prayer? Um, and so there, there are a couple things I want to uh, suggest, uh, and then we'll take a look at uh, what, what Heschel says, and then we'll open up to conversation. So the, the, the first, the couple things I want to suggest are these. Um, first is that, um, that prayer and our approach to prayer, um, uh, whether communally or as individuals, is inseparable from our, from our approach to life and the world. Um, so how we see prayer, how we see the function of prayer, um, how we see the efficacy of prayer is, uh, is, is interconnected with, uh, with, with um, how we approach life. Um, so what do I mean by that? Um, I mean that, uh, um, that, that if prayer, uh, excuse me, let me rephrase that, um, that prayer is an expression of a particular worldview. Um, uh, and Heschel will present uh, what the direction that he sees that going. Um, but uh, but so, so when, when we pray, um, if you pray, for example, um, uh, uh, the Barech Eloheinu, Barech Aleinu Hashem Eloheinu et Hazot, uh, so uh, bless our God uh, uh, this year, um, and uh, and uh, let your bounty um, uh, pour forth uh, on the face of the earth. Right. So that's a blessing that we have in the Amida that asks for uh, rain and for a good uh, a good agricultural harvest. Really, a, a prayer for uh, for sustenance and and bounty and uh, and prosperity um, at its core. And if you pray that prayer. 
and and uh, and assume that by doing it, what you're trying to do is persuade uh, a, uh, a a sort of aloof deity um, to make rain come so your crops will grow, right? And that's what you really think is happening in that prayer, right? Then um, uh, then then that. Uh, speaks, uh, uh, I think, tremendously about uh, the the uh, perspective in which you see the way the world works, and the way that you see uh, life, um, the way you see uh, yourself, the way you interact in in your life. Um, so um, now, if you right, uh, so um, so that's the first thing. The second thing um, is related, um, and, and this goes, I think, in terms of uh, um, of uh, the the secularism question that we started talking about before I turned on the recorder um, and why I'm not necessarily convinced that it's a, a European import um, I, I think that uh, that in part secularism is a, is a product of the of the triumph of, uh, of the scientific enterprise and part of the uh, part of what science has taught us um, is that material reductionism works right so if you um, break down the break down life um, into its smallest component parts. Um, you can very accurately understand how things work, right? How how the universe was made, um, how what the universe is made of, um, how to harness the power of the material in that universe for our benefit, right? How the human body works, um, how uh, how um, how pathogens mutate. And bacteria mutates, and how to uh, respond with antibodies. Right? If you, you to understand how all that works, and how we can um, uh, adequately respond and build our lives, and be successful uh, in the process of living um, as a response to that, material reductionism is very useful and very good. But the challenge has become that uh, that we've. Um, that many of us, I think, uh, and I think that, that many of us around this table, my guess is if I were to push you on it, um, you wouldn't be uh, uh, so far off uh, from, from, uh, from, from this worldview, um, that, we've, that we've substituted the, uh, the methodology of material reductionism for a philosophy of material reductionism. That is to say that, that all there is is what we can see. All there is is what we can measure, observe, and quantify. Right? Anything beyond that isn't really real, right? So, um, so the so the you know the the, the, uh, the my 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 suit right is uh, you can break it down to its smallest component parts, but there's no spirit to my suit, right? My body is uh, is a series of uh, of of, uh, of 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 uh, of, of uh, vibrating strings. Um, at at the small subatomic level that uh, that that form uh, you know quarks and gluons that uh, that form uh, the protons and nucleons and electrons that form the atoms that 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 uh, form the molecules that form the cells um, that that ultimately come together and form my body um, and so and and but that's what I am right and that's very helpful if what I want to do is understand how to uh, solve this cold that I that I have. Or, um, or how to effectively treat a disease that I have, um, but uh, but but what it it uh, essentially cuts out of the equation is anything that can't be observed or quantified, right? And so what we've what we've done, um, I, I think, culturally broadly, um, is um, is to um, uh, Assume that the methodology by which we've done that um, is an accurate description of all there is. 
So the challenge of prayer, I think, is related to the challenge of that worldview, of, uh, of, 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 of the material reductionist worldview. Um, if you believe that worldview, um, uh, which, uh, which, you know, which, which, which I think is a problematic, it's a great methodology, but not, a, not necessarily a, an accurate worldview. But if you believe that worldview, then prayer is ridiculous. Right? Because you're because all you're doing is you're sitting in a room with a bunch of other people mumbling with a book in your hand and words coming out of your mouth, um, but you're not doing anything other than probably wasting time that you could be doing um, doing doing something that's more productive, right? Uh, you know, um, going for a jog, right? Uh, eating breakfast, taking your kids to uh, soccer practice. Um, uh, Building, you know, uh, uh, you, uh, repairing the muffler on your car, right? The, the 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 things that you can actually touch and feel and, and see that you can that yield results, or even in the long term yield results. Um, prayer seems like a total waste of time um, if you if you uh, hold by the, uh, the by the worldview that all there is is what you can see and touch and and, and measure. Okay, so. So those are um, a couple things that I want to state from being because they're they're important I think in understanding where Heschel goes with with the idea of prayer. Okay, so here's what he says, and we'll spend a few days, a few of the sessions probably on this uh, on this essay. So he says we do not refuse to pray; we merely feel that our tongues are tied, our minds inert, our inner vision dim when we are about to enter the door that leads to prayer. We do not refuse to pray, we abstain from it. We ring the hollow bell of selfishness, rather than absorb the stillness that surrounds the world, hovering over all the restlessness and fear of life, the secret stillness that precedes our birth and succeeds our death. I just, I, I want to linger on that for just a second, because I think that that's, um, I'm not exactly sure what he means, but I, but I think it's a beautiful way of describing it, the stillness that precedes our birth and succeeds our death. Feudal self-indulgence brings us out of tune with the gentle song of nature's waiting, of mankind's striving for salvation. Right Now, I, I, I want to point that out, right, um, because I think when he says feudal self-indulgence, um, what he means is um, right, th- th- that is an anti-reductionist claim. Right? Self-indulgence means the kind of things that we do to help us live, right? to help us prosper in life. Um, and he says his value judgment is you blink and you miss it. It's feudal self-indulgence. Right? Feudal, I think, because um, this is, I think, one of the great insights of Ecclesiastes, even though as Rabbi Kiefer mentioned when he introduced it uh, during Sukkot, um, it's a very odd biblical book because it expresses this worldview, but on some level, it's a, it's a perfect biblical book because it does. Right? It, it acknowledges right, uh, um, that, uh, that, that the pursuits of, of humanity are in some way entirely futile. Right? Uh, all rivers flow to the sea, but the sea is never full. Right? You're going to write a lot of books, and there's lots of books in the world, and there's going to be lots of books, right? Uh, this wasn't a, uh, directly re- uh, presented to the author. That's just an example that, that Ecclesiastes uses, right? There's, there's no end to the production of books. So you'll write a book, and there'll be thousands of other books, and no one's going to remember it, right? Um, you're going to build a big, uh, big mansion, um, and it'll last maybe for the next two generations, and then it'll crumble, right? The, 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 the Greeks built the Parthenon, uh, and it was majestic and beautiful and meant to be eternal, and the Parthenon is crumbling, right? The, the, the pursuit, this, this, this 
the self-indulgent pursuits of, of, uh, of man, the, the things that we do to, to, to preserve and better and improve our lives, while maybe important, right, are ultimately uh, vanishing, right? And it brings us out of tune, he says, right, our pursuit of those things brings us out of tune with the gentle song of nature's waiting, right? A material reductionist would not think that nature waits and sings. Um, and he says that, that our busy lives, um, where we're, you know, doing the things that we feel like we need to do each day to, uh, to get by, right, um, uh, bring us out of sync with what it really means to live is not listening to the pulse of wonder worth silence and abstinence from self-assertion. Right? Is not listening to the pulse of wonder. Right? Um, so uh, I'll ask you in a second what you think that means. Um, right? uh, Heschel is, uh, is, is famous for, um, for, for a uh, philosophy that's decidedly anti-philosophical, right? So he, he uh, um, will use terms like awe and wonder and amazement, um, uh, but refuses to, um, to, to quantify exactly what he means by those terms, um, which is why uh, his contemporary um, uh, 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 um, philosophical peers um, uh, uh, tended not to treat him seriously as a philosopher. Um, and consequently, um, he was frustrated because um, his contemporary, many contemporary theologians um, and Jewish scholars uh, didn't treat him seriously as a scholar of, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, Jewish theology either. So he's, he's, he's sort of straddled this boundary that, uh, that, that now his star is rising, and I think we can appreciate, but it is, in his time, um, he wasn't, I think, quite as appreciated. Um, in the same way, but uh, right. So is not listening to the pulse of wonder. So he's saying that that's what prayer is trying to do. Prayer is trying to get us to take a step out of our of, of our material pursuits, our physical pursuits, our life pursuits, and stop and listen to the pulse of wonder in the world. To abstain from self-assertion, even for a moment. Why do we not set apart an hour of living for devotion to God by surrendering to stillness? We dwell on the edge of mystery and ignore it. Wasting our soul, right? So a material reductionist doesn't believe in mystery. Mystery is only what we haven't dis, uh, studied and discovered yet. Um, right? um, uh, but uh, um, uh, someone who doesn't ascribe to that as a worldview... Um, can believe that there are things that may never be able to be studied or known by science. Um, we dwell on the edge of mystery and ignore it, wasting our souls, risking our stake in God. We constantly pour our inner light away from Him, setting up the thick screen of self between <coughs> Him and us, adding more shadows to the darkness that already hovers between Him and our wayward reason. And this is a very Hasidic idea that uh, that the essence of, uh, of of the service of God and the essence of prayer and the essence really of Jewish life is bitul uh, hayesh. You got to uh, self-nullify, right? Get rid of your ego. Get rid of everything that uh, that 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 causes you to think of yourself as a as an independent uh, actor and entity in the world, and and think of yourself entirely as 
part of the vast expanse of the cosmos interconnected with the life of God. And it is our egos, it is our uh, selfish pursuits, it's our uh, feelings that we have, have needs and wants and desires, that's what gets in the way of our relationship with God and our ability to, uh, to, uh, to live a life of, uh, of, of righteousness. And so he's saying that prayer is an opportunity to engage in that self-nullification, even if it's only a temporary exercise. Accepting surmises as dogmas. Here I think he's talking about uh, about uh, the scientific enterprise. Accepting surmises as dogmas. Uh, surmises there, I think he can uh, um, substitute as hypotheses. Accepting uh, hi- surmises as dogmas and prejudices as solutions, we ridicule the evidence of life for what is more than life. Our mind has ceased to be sensitive to the wonder. I know it's the wonder. It's not wonder. Right? There is, there is, some, there is an, an actual identifiable entity in Heschel's mind called wonder that exists in the world in which we live. The purpose of prayer is to be attuned to it, is to attune ourselves to it. Deprived of the power of devotion to what is more important than our individual faith. Right? The essence of prayer is devotion to what is more important than our individual faith. Steeped in passionate anxiety to survive, but what we do on a day-to-day basis is a passionate anxiety to survive. We want to build, we want to have shelter, we want to have food on the table, we want to be loved by our, by our, by our family, we want to have um, our, 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 our sexual needs met, we want to um, uh, feel like we've built something lasting, right? Uh, we, we passionate anxiety to survive. We, we fear most our death. Right? And so what we, what we do is we pursue those things that we think are going to help us live right? um, be, uh, as a response to that anxiety. And what Heschel's saying is that those things might help us survive, but they don't help us live. And living is being attuned to the, the rest of the world to being attuned to something greater. We lose sight of what fate is, what living is, rushing through the ecstasies of ambition. We only awake when plunged into dread or grief. In darkness, then, we grope for solace, for meaning, for prayer. It's sort of uh, um, uh, uh, ironic, because the anxiety that pushes us away from, uh, from prayer, from noticing the wonder, from uh, living a, a, a life that uh, sees more than, um, than, than, than um, the material uh, of life, um, uh, the anxiety that drives us to do that is our fear of death. And ironically, it's when, only when faced with death that we start thinking about the questions that prayer is supposed to get us to think about on a daily basis. Right, to, uh, to, to realize the vast expanse of it all, right? um, to realize the stillness of it all, and in some way to realize the futility of it all. Right? So it's a, uh, um, a, a, a common trope that you hear um, that, uh, that no one ever said on their deathbed, you know, I wish I had put in a few more hours at the office. Right? Um, now, so if you ever watch the show The Office, Michael Scott doesn't understand why people said that because he loves his life at the office. I love my life at the office too. Uh, but uh, but 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 that I think is what he's saying, right? What um, uh, you know, the, the 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 real essence of living, right, are are is often not the things that we devote most time to on a day to day basis. And what Heschel's suggesting is that prayer is an opportunity to realign ourselves with what is the essence of true living. Your turn. 
So is, is materialism and or materialism and uh, individualism the same thing? Because I, I, I think that they're somewhat different. There, there's science and reductionism. But here I think he's talking more about just the, the notion that we're individual, unconnected cells. Mm. And, and whether or not you're, you have a materialistic worldview, this seems to be focused more on, on sort of, the, it's, it's self-indulgent mm -hmm. for us to be fixing the muffler. It's not, you know, whether or not it works or it's scientific or, or it's the, you know, the right way to get your car running. It's, yeah. it's more about selfishness versus seeing yourself as part of this connected world. So it's a great point, and I don't want to um, undercut the, um, that, uh, that, that read here. I, I do want to say that I, that, that I think um, you could make the argument that those things are, are uh, that those views are interconnected, right? So the, uh, the, the, the notion that I am a, uh, an island in the world is, uh, is uh, I think, um, uh, even, if it's, even if you don't mean it to, reflects a similar kind of worldview to reductionism. Right, because reductionism uh, basically says that it doesn't matter how entities, it doesn't really matter. It, is, it doesn't really matter how entities interact. All that really matters is what they're made of, right? Um, so, um, so in, in that kind of worldview, it doesn't really matter how I relate to the rest of humanity or the world in which I live, so long as I take care of me, um, because uh, because all I can really know is what my needs are. And all I can really know is how to uh, how how to uh, um, how how to live myself. Um, so I think that uh, that that um, it's it's interesting, based on related to the conversation before, that um, the party that is that is most aligned with uh, with uh, with the sense of sort of uh, individual enterprise um, and uh, that kind of radical individualism. Um, also happens to be um, a, a, a party that's most aligned with uh, with um, 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 uh, with with people of a particular with uh, people who are self-identified um, uh, as religious people. Um, uh, so uh, so either I'm wrong <laughs> that there's that there's no connection between those uh, between those uh, ideas, um, uh, or there's an inconsistency there. Um, but it, but it seems to me that uh, that that seeing you know uh, seeing yourself as uh, as you know, sort of the um, uh, the the uh, the only important actor in in the or not the only important but the but um, the um, a, a separate entity um, of which only you are responsible to to take care of um, and your responsibility beyond that is minimal. Um, or just different, um, that it's related to that same kind of reductionism, um, I think. Yeah, but the, the overlap that you're talking about, the materialism and the individualism, go back to Rabbi Knopf's initial example of the prayer for rain to have a good agriculture. To pray that way and expect it to, to work means that your worldview is that the world is here to serve my needs. And it's perfectly legitimate for me to turn to God and say, I have an expectation that you're going to answer my prayer to make me prosperous. So there is, you know, there is that overlap. That's interesting. Well, it cuts both ways. Right. Because that's not the scientific worldview. That's the you know, sort of traditional worldview. But, but, but yeah, that's interesting. 
And, and it's also worth thinking about uh, the in, uh, just as a piggyback to that um, the the way in which our prayers are actually constructed, right? So we see Barach uh, Aleinu Hashem Elokeinu, right? Um, so uh, bless all of us, uh, or give all of us blessing, um, Lord our God, right? All of the prayers, at least of the Amida, are phrased in the plural. Right, so uh, so if prayer is a training ground for seeing a world beyond the self, um, that's at least a subtle, you know, nudge that the that the traditional liturgy is trying to give us, saying saying you're not praying for you here, right? You're praying for everyone here, right? Um, and and it's also I think why the Jewish tradition urges us to pray in community, um, you know, because praying by yourself, um, uh, you don't get uh, you don't get a sense that there's something bigger, right? Um, uh, and you don't also have to uh, contend with the, I don't know, how shall we say, um, uh, sometimes annoyances of like having other people's prayers in your ear. Um, but uh, but it, as a training ground for seeing um, for seeing a life beyond self pursuit, um, uh, communal prayer I think is a, is is a very um, astute innovation to, uh, to to be that kind of training. Charlotte? Um, can you go back to the secret stillness that precedes our birth and succeeds our death? I can't really go back there. but <laughs> <laughs> How far do we want to go back? <laughs> no, but <clears throat> how would you interpret that? So, I mean... Not to beat a dead horse on this, right? But um, you know, I took an astronomy class in college. Um, I love astronomy, and I like being an armchair astronomist. But I really don't understand the mathematics of it, so I didn't do so well in the class. Um, but I, but but I like the like like the theory behind it. I like you know, um, so I couldn't do the equations, but I did get this, um, which is that um, that you know, using using at least the mathematical tools that we have at our disposal right now um, and using the current theories about how the universe came to be um, in, the, um, in the world of astrophysics, um, we can get ourselves almost, 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 almost to the, to the, in, what, not, not all, I mean, we can get ourselves to the very instant, as, 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 as small as you can define instant, um, after the Big Bang, we can measure what the universe was like and how big it was and what it was comprised of, etc. At that moment, you know, to the you know, um, uh, decimal to the you know um, trillionth power, right? We can get that far, but we can't get to zero. We can't get to the to the actual act of the Big Bang. We can't uh, um, understand. And if there was a before, and uh, and and and. Uh, it, because we can't understand what happened at at, uh, at the Big Bang, we can't understand what happened before the Big Bang if there was a before, or know if there was a before. Um, so that's something that uh, that that science can't study. It is also, by the way, um, something that uh, that uh, rabbinic tradition says that Jews shouldn't worry themselves with either. Right? We shouldn't. Worry, the, the Mishnah says, um, uh, "Don't uh, don't study what was before and what's going to be after." Um, but uh, but but I think that uh, um, that uh, trying to grapple with uh, with 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 what there was before everything that we know came into being and what there might be after everything that we know 
ceases to exist. Um, I think that is a, um, a stand-in for, for, for saying there's a, there's a great expanse of, of being um, and non-being that, it, that exists beyond the, the spheres that we can, that we can see and, and, and touch and smell and, and taste. Um, and, uh, and, and, and attuning yourself to the knowledge that there is mystery, that there are things that we don't know and may never be able to know. Um, that uh, that uh, that there that there could be um, that there could be infinity to the cosmos and to God, and we can't possibly fathom what infinity is, um, other than the term that we have for it. Um, but we can't tell you what it looks like or what it you know uh, what it what it's comprised of because it's infinite. Um, that all that that uh, that uh, that there could be um, those sort of unknowable undefinable uh, qualities to, uh, to, to life in the universe, um, uh, I think um, um, uh, helps a person um, uh, step out of, uh, one, the narrowness of self-interest, right? That, uh, that, that what you're looking for in life um, ultimately um, is, uh, is, is, is fairly small. Your concerns are fairly small. Um, and they're also fleeting. Um, and, uh, and so what, uh, um, what, what I think, um, that I think is why, um, material reductionism as a, as a worldview rather than a methodology is difficult because what it, <coughs> um, what it effectively says is that, um, love is not real, right? Love is just a, a series of synapses in your, in your brain that, that connect <coughs> in response to certain stimuli, Right, but looking at the world from a different perspective, um, love um, as a, as an infinite value um, is is uh, is very real and maybe more real than the than the you know small things that we can see and touch. So if we say to ourselves that prayer is training us to <coughs> escape the narrowness of our own perspective then we can attune ourselves to what are actually greater and more real values and train ourselves to make our lives in service of those things. Love, justice, goodness, righteousness, etc. So I, that's, that's how I understand this, you know, um, the, 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 the stillness that precedes our birth and succeeds our death is um, training ourselves to see mis- mystery and by seeing mystery, um, uh, being committed to something greater. Okay, I have to stop. Have a good day.